Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to another episode of Dishes and Dimes. It has been a minute, but we're starting a new season of Dishes and Dimes, just like we're starting a new NBA season. Sandy, what is up? I should have introduced myself as well. My name is Iman. You can tell because I'm talking uh, for like 45 seconds to start this off nonstop, not a breath taken. Sandy, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I've I've missed uh, recording. Uh, It's been a while. Um, You know, I'm in the becoming a mother <laughs> mode right now stage so of your just, life uh, pregnancy has not allowed me to focus on much of anything else uh but it's nice to get back into the groove of things you know uh there's quite a bit to talk about yeah dishes baby have not dished about so this is this is exciting uh yeah how about you how are you doing good good I'd like to talk about dishes baby more than like the drama of the NBA that's so boring yeah, and some of yeah. it is like some of it is beyond boring, where it's like actually harmful to people's lives and livelihoods. And there's been uh, a lot of mess in the NBA this season. It's been a very messy off season. <sighs> it's an understatement. Off. I yeah. thought like Kevin Durant would be like the the juiciest, and I say that which when you think about it, it is a superstar player saying that he wants his coach fired the coach that he selected to join this team who had no prior coaching experience but he said that is my guy that is the person that I want here he wanted him fired he wanted the GM fired and then the billionaire owner was like buddy you're not rich like I am you don't get to make these decisions no (laughs) come back old man (laughs) and continue through like I you know what's interesting about it I think you know, net, net um, fans are probably not putting a lot of stock into all the background drama, but I think it's going to it's going to matter. Um, I think there's gonna there's gonna be some stuff that goes down, and the fact that we constantly keep hearing about it um, even before the season starts is not not a good sign. Hopefully, you know. Um, they've managed to kind of talk through things and have decided as an organization, they're going to keep a cap on all the drama that's happening. But if they don't, it could, it could ruin their season. So I'm definitely keeping an eye on that. I think, you know, when your superstar player says he wants everybody, um, fired, um, and then it's kind of strong armed into staying, um, 
that can't be good for team morale. So uh, it's good for us. It's good for the Raptors. <laughs> it's also good content. Like this is the content that I live for. The other stuff that's happening in the NBA, not content I live for. Not the drama that I want from the sports league. Yeah. But this is good. And you know, but where I think, and I, I agree, I think it does bleed into the season. I think it has to. And the biggest reason for that, in my opinion, is this is a superstar team. And um, we're at the height, you know, of superstar entitlement. Wrote a piece about it last season for Bath Bunnies, plugging my stuff. Um, but we're at the height of uh, superstar entitlement is what I called it. And right now you have both Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant getting a really strong reality check. They don't have the sway and the pull that they thought they did. And I think that, you know, what superstar entitlement is, is these guys having sway and pull, being able to do what they want because, well, in a salary cap league, talk about it in the piece if you want more, go read it. But like they, they are faced with this reality that they really don't have this way in pool that they do where Kyrie Irving thought suitors would line up to get him. Buddy, 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 you just sat out for an entire year for no reason. For exactly. no reason. Nobody's coming out to get you. Come on, um, bro. Come he on, thought he bro. would have he thought he would have a lineup of suitors and he didn't. And for Kevin Durant. He thought he could ask off. And what happens when Anthony Davis asks off? Teams trip over themselves. The Lakers give up their entire future to get him. What happens when James Harden asks out? The Brooklyn Nets give up their entire future to get him. That's what happens when superstars ask out. Kevin Durant asked out. And every team was like, eh, I got Tyler Hero I could give you maybe. <laughs> it's actually kind of embarrassing for Kevin. I feel for him a little bit. Because when you, when you show your hand like that and everybody's kind of like, you're good. I fuck with you're you. Old. You're old. You don't have <laughs> you've been like injured, you know? Like, so I don't know. I don't know if I really you want to restructure my whole team around you. And I don't blame teams for making that decision. But I think it must be very humbling for somebody like Kevin Durant. Um, and I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how he handles it this season. For sure. Yeah, for he's sure. Both of them. It as like a chip on his shoulder. Uh, to prove that he is still a top dog or if it's going to derail his season. Um, we we don't know. And it's, I think it's very interesting. I'm very, this feels very like Shakespearean in a way. And I'm just yeah. like, how is this going Watch to them go out? out and win a championship. Like I wouldn't put that past the Nets. Like they have the team to do that, but they also have three stars or superstar players, you know, that have all been humbled. Ben Simmons, humbled Kevin Durant humbled Kyrie Irving humbled in the last year and they got to come in and put this pe- the pieces together and go out and win a bunch of games and I trust Kevin Durant because I think he's that good right now but also oh boy and like Ben Simmons hasn't looked great in the preseason games that I've he just had and I know it's preseason I know it's preseason it's preseason I know but like we also haven't seen him play in a year so it's kind of like this is the only thing we have to base anything on Mm -hmm. and it's like bro the shooting still kind of looks shaky he's not gonna have that Uh, right but like hopefully he's he's on a team that has enough shooting around him he is going to be uh you know he is the best perimeter defender a team that desperately needs that yeah um he is another sort of ball handler that they can have there I think that like if there's one team that he could be on and like be sort of like a better self of his, it's probably on a team that has Kevin that has Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, right? <laughs> like point, no one's gonna point. need him to yeah. shoot. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, like I agree that like it'll be really interesting come regular season. But until like until January, I don't I don't know what I'm gonna predict about this team. Like I need to see All Star All Star Weekend. I need to see February come by. And that's where I'll decide if this team is something that we should be believing in or if they're, you know, the young and the restless just based out of Brooklyn. <laughs> I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it. We're going to give Brooklyn. them a couple months to figure it out. But come All-Star Weekend, it's like, ah! the, the, the hard-hitting um, predictions are going to start uh, coming through. Oh, so I hope fun. it works in the favor of the Raptors and they completely fall apart. That's just what I'm Oh, I would for. love that. Um, <laughs> so let's get into some of the, um, uglier drama of the NBA as well. Um, oh God. yeah. So, I mean, th- there was the Robert Sarver situation. I'm really glad that he is basically being forced out. Yeah. He's going to get a major payday, but I-, I was really pessimistic about how that situation would unfold and him being rushed out as quickly as he is, I think bodes well for just the league moving forward because of the precedent that it's setting. Um, where brave men and women who work under Robert Sarver can come out and speak out against him and everyone listens and the NBA does exactly what it's supposed to do in that situation, um, which is kind of strong arm him to get out of there. So is there anything you want to add about that or should we get into the email stuff? I mean, I don't necessarily think that they strong armed him. I mean, they suspended him and then he decided he wanted to sell the team. Granted, like when LeBron is saying, get rid of him, there is a little bit, a little bit of pressure there, but I do think ultimately it was his decision to sell the team. So I don't necessarily, I don't want to give the NBA credit for that. You know, um, I'm glad that he's out. Um, I'm happy for the employees that had to work under that kind of duress. <laughs> like, geez, I can't imagine. And that's the things that they told us. I can only imagine the things that they've decided to keep to themselves. I feel like he had a goat in his office. I feel like this is a story that I read like a decade ago about a goat just like being in his office, just like eating up the papers and shit. Like, I just feel like that is a thing that happened. It's ridiculous. It's it's ridiculous. The fact that this went on for 17 years is just ridiculous. And it kind of speaks to the culture um, in these organizations. Um, And the fact that these employees really don't have a voice, especially if you're a minority, especially if you're a woman in these kind of spaces. Um, and so for that, I'm very, I'm very happy that, you know, he's out of here. Um, he can find other ways to continue making oh, billions of dollars. Fine. Like he's going to be good. He'll be fine. Um, but <laughs> he'll, I think he'll it's make really like great for the employees. Three billion on the sale. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I'm, I'm just really happy for the employees that no longer have to deal with that because I can't imagine yeah also if you have a bad owner get your team to trade for Chris Paul just saying (laughs) just saying Chris Paul has been on what four teams now and three of them have four of them have changed owners how many teams have you been on Pelicans when he was when they were the Hornets whatever changed owners the NBA had them for a while remember that whole like Knicks deal like he was supposed to be a Laker but the NBA came in okay Clippers Obviously, we know the whole we know how Sterling thing. Out. Rockets, Tillman Fertitta showed up. And now Suns, another change of ownership. So basically, if you want your owner out of here, Chris Paul needs to be on your Get team. Chris Paul on your team. <laughs> I feel Just it, though, you know. <laughs> He's like, 
like I was gonna forget coach killer. He is owner. I'm killer. not gonna do that. I I just feel like it's very interesting that he shows up and all of a sudden it's time to to rush these owners out. Uh, um, I don't know if he needs prayer. If there's some kind of spirit on him, I don't know what it no, is. No, but like it's it's he's gotten it's bad guys thing. outside of like bringing in Tillman for Tito, which is like the reverse <laughs> of what you're supposed to be doing here, Crystal. <laughs> Um, you know, you know, exercising the league of Donald Sterling and Robert Sarver, job well done. <laughs> Good job. Chris you might Paul. not win a championship, but you <laughs> but will you've done well for the NBA. <laughs> Your legacy <laughs> will um will carry on uh, for sure. Um, yeah, so are no, you pivoting? I've been kind of avoiding the Ime Udoka situation just because it's such a mess on the timeline at all times that it's brought up. Um, but, you know, we're dishes and dimes. We get into stuff like this because it's so rare to have, well, for one, female voices talking about important topics that need to be discussed um, because they do affect us in workplaces, right? Like, I, I, don't, I don't know how to word this, you guys. Um, but Ime Udoka, suspended for a year. And we still don't know all of the details. It is a very messy situation. What came out initially is that there was a consensual workplace relationship between Ime Udoka and one of his staff. And I think the whenever I see words like that, you know, as a Try Guys fan, <laughs> I, there's there's no such thing, you know. I'm dealing with it in both my NBA and my YouTube watching world. Um, but there's, I, I feel very icky about the language of consensual workplace relationship. Um, when you are a boss, if if this is one of his staff members, now granted, no more has come out about who the person is and things like that. But I don't want to speculate on any of that because what we saw happen on day one is just the timeline speculate and a woman's multiple women's faces get plastered everywhere. But one woman in particular. And I can't imagine what it would be like to just come online and have your entire face and your name plastered and have people judging you and saying things like, oh, I get it because she looks like that. Oh, I, oh, oh, it makes sense. Me too. Me too. I'm like, what are we doing? Uh, I just think, you know, as a collective, we need to be better about something like that. It just made me feel really gross that like, um, for one, like I just felt really bad for her. I can't imagine what she went through. And also all of the other women staffers, I thought it was important that the Celtics come out with their statement. I was kind of, okay, so here's, here's the thing. I really want to get your take on it. What was your thoughts initially when the statement came out? <clears throat> to be honest, I feel like they should have got ahead of this because they knew it was coming out. I think there should have been a statement released prior to whoever leaked it. Because um, the way the person leaked it, I think they... They specifically put in consensual um, to, to yes. in a way, shield Amy. Yeah. Um, but as a woman, if you know what these situations kind of end up doing, right? You know that people are going to speculate. You know that people are going to try to figure out who the woman is. They're going to try to center uh, the woman in this situation as opposed to the person who was being inappropriate um and so like as a woman you automatically know okay this is this is what's about to happen where i have a problem is that the organization did not put a cap on that before before the story came out they should have 
you know, said they're they're not really they knew like, since July, just to sort of highlight yeah, exactly right? what you're saying. Um, so for me, it's like they should have prepared themselves for this kind of blowback, um, for people speculating, for people posting women, random women in the organization online. They should have prepared better for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, it's just kind of, I don't know if a one-year suspension, like, yeah, it's in theory, I guess it's the organization taking accountability and 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 doing the right thing. But I think the fact that he has an opportunity to come back to his job and probably still be in that cushy position, I don't I don't know what it does in terms of the larger conversation um, about, you know being inappropriate you know if you're sleeping with your 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 you're you're a superior you're in a position um as head coach even yeah. if it's consensual and i think this is what people don't understand even if it's consensual and the woman agreed the power dynamics make it very iffy and yep you know the minute she decides she no longer is interested um that could ultimately ruin her career mm. ruin her life she can lose her job and someone like Emmy could be suspended for a year and um get his job back so right. for me I I feel very like off about it because initially when the story came out and I said and they said it was consensual I was making jokes I'll be honest I was like yeah. it's consensual they you know they made an agreement to yeah. do whatever they did they're two grown people you know there is conversations to be had about, you know, morally, is that the right thing to do? But right. ultimately, two adults consenting to a sexual relationship shouldn't result in a year suspension when we've had, you know, right. abusers and rapists um, roam, roam around the league, um, really tossed from team to team constantly, like a, yeah. an STD. Jesus. So for me, it didn't make sense. Mm. The more you hear the story, the more you realize that. One, there's more to it. And then two, it may not have been completely consensual the, the entire, entire time. time. Right. I so, so here here's my thing with it. Yeah. It's just like, yes, I completely agree with you. I think the Celtics did the worst job in terms of handling this. And I don't know how to necessarily handle it, but I think sitting on it for as long as they did wrong. As soon as it comes out, here's the thing: they have the pre- the media day came. And they did not confirm anything. They did not confirm whether it was consensual. They did not confirm whether it wasn't. They, and with all of us sort of speculating and whether people, like people being like, oh, said it was consensual. Well, it might not have been consensual the entire time. Like all of this makes everything that they're doing a little bit shadier. Because what is a one-year suspension? If it was not consensual, get rid of him. Get rid of him. That is done. If he, you as the employers in this situation of both of them, you have to give your female and male employees safety <laughs> and protect yeah. them from people who could potentially abuse and any abuse their power in any way. So if it was not consensual, that's it, action done. And if it was consensual, why on earth is he suspended for an entire year? That seems like a, a lot. A Unless time. you guys have 
some sort of like rule where if this happens, you are going to be suspended for the year. But then tell people that so that everyone's not really speculating about whether or not he did something that could technically be illegal. You know what I mean? Like, I just think the way that they handled it and the way that they went about it just made me like, it's just, it's confusing and it doesn't quite make sense. Um, And yeah, so like, I just, I think the Celtics could have handled it in a much, much better way. And now they have a new head coach and, you know, the team looks really good. And it's unfortunate that like, you know, this is a situation for those players where they want to win a championship. You know, someone like Al Horford is in the tail end of his career and he wants to sort of go for it right now. And now everything is in disarray because they don't have their head coach. Yeah. And continuity is incredibly important, especially in a situation where you made the finals last year. It's Mm. incredibly important. They really trust this coach. Um, And especially what he did last season was spectacular to take them from like, the bottom of the league looking really, really horrible to start of the year the finals, yeah. you know, like their defense, some considered, the, you know, the best defense, the best the defense and, right. more pistons and all right. this other stuff, you know? So um, I know it must be really disappointing for the players. Um, I know it's going to be really hard for the fans. I, I, I feel for them because I can't imagine that kind of I like, don't you feel for I, I, in a way, in a way, like, in a, in a way, also Red Sox the reason, fans are also the reason why I it's like championships. Like, I think it's empathy in a way. Cause it's like, I can't imagine if it was Nicholas nurse and we'd yeah, but the leagues the are doing nothing. You just got on the pod saying the Jays. I can't believe they just lost it. The rap Raptor fans have nothing else to celebrate. Celtics fans. I'm sorry. That's I'm a socialist. True. You have to redistribute your wealth in terms of in terms of championships. Okay, that's fair. That's so, fair. But I, I feel for them in terms of like, okay, you finally got into a point where it looks like their team's coming together. Um, you have the talent now in a in a Tatum to kind of you know if he continues to develop. Let's credit and, and, well, yeah, you know, that, good point. But you know. <laughs> You know, I'll Brown. give I'll give it to Tatum. He's he's good, and if he continues to Third develop, player. he's going player. to be a spectacular player. Um, so, you know, there's things that he needs to work on. Assuming that he worked on them during the summer, and he this great team might be game. a better a better team than it was last season. So, losing your coach at this time is just must be really hard. Um, mm. So, in that in that sense, I kind of feel for the Celtics. But speaking of leaked information, we don't know where it leaks. Draymond Green punched Jordan Poole and the video of it leaked. <laughs> and everyone's losing their minds. I feel that employee either was an intern or about to get fired and said, let me, let me, let me get some cash. Or a messy quick. queen who, you know, wanted to be messy for the timelines. It was like, you know, that's what's kind of boring right now. Thank you. I, I I personally want to thank you because as a Raptors fan, our team is so fucking boring. <laughs> boring. As no, let's knock on wood. Don't say this stuff. I mean, I know, and then like right? two like, days later, we find out boring. something happened, I want it bro. to continue to be boring. Be but, like, boring, guys. We we like hear juicy things, but like we have to like make them up because the player will like sometimes let something slip and then we kind of make like a fan fiction out of what they they said like that's literally the entire summer was OG and OB fan fiction OG <laughs> like came in and was like thing. like OG on media day came back and it. said oh yeah like, I just woke up and I heard those reports I don't, I don't know <laughs> I woke up in the morning like, and they were there <laughs> and then they I'm, asked I'm him 
<laughs> I think it was, I think it was Josh Lewenberg who asked him like, what was like the highlight of your summer highlight? I don't know why I said it so strong. Um, and he was like going for walks. You know, I went on a lot of walks, <laughs> reading books, <laughs> reading like, books. Okay. What book? Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't really remember, but yeah, the walks had great sunsets. <laughs> Why do we even believe that rumor? Like, why? So, like, for me, yeah, like OG just... talking was the lie. I didn't need to hear the rest of it. <laughs> it's just, it's just funny. Uh, like, for me, it's just like I love living vicariously through other fandoms and like the drama in their front office because we just don't have any, or like we never hear, we're never going to hear about it. So it was nice. It was refreshing to see. Not like, wood. I don't like this, Sandy. This is a whole jinx. Like I'm just I know, like, I'm, I'm actually getting kind of scared. I'm like, I'm gonna jinx it, and someone's gonna get really mad at me that I said all of this, and then you know something happens mid season, and everybody's fighting. There's like um, a fight mid court. I still as long see as it's with that. like Juancho. <laughs> yeah, just and not, not Scotty. Not OG, not Fred, no, not Pascal. No, no, no. The rest of there, y'all. There's gonna be there's gonna be a fight for that final spot oh. <laughs> on the final game of preseason. They're going to <laughs> fists will it's come out be because that final spot. My goodness, my goodness, I know. It's a I'm battle. stressed out for them. I'm it stressed out for battle. that end of the bench. Like it's because we have a couple of really good options, but that's we'll talk about that. Um, yeah. So uh, Draymond. Uh, there's another person that he doesn't like and he punched him like really hard so. that's wild like that's so wild. you know people once again all all of my complaints about this are the way that people are re- reacting online but again people were like cool should have had his hands up what like if you push someone you gotta expect some what like just the entirety of it like this is a practice these dudes are teammates what are you talking about Hands up where? For why? Who's expecting a punch? And, and not even just like a punch. Like he, no, he literally his like whole body. That looked like friggin' Dragon Ball Z. Like that's how you know NBA players are built different. Banged it on him. I would have been dead. <laughs> and if I wasn't dead, listen to me, Draymond. I'm not coming back to the team until you give me my payday. I know Joe Lacob is giving me my payday, and I know that's why you're mad at Jordan Poole. But I'm getting two paydays because we're going to court, buddy. Not the, the basketball court, the court, but the the other court. I will see you there. Oh, just like I light, goodness. just like I light up teams on the court, and that's why you're mad. I'm gonna light you up in court, and you're gonna be mad even more. You think you're not gonna get a big payday as I am? Well, I'm gonna take some more of yours. Thank you very much. I think there needs to be a conversation about Draymond. Kind of, I mean, like whatever Pool said must have not been very nice. I can imagine. Some of the things so? you might or say. Do you think he's like, so here, here's the theory. Here's the theory. So some, first of all, first of all, the devil works hard, but clutch works harder. Christiana works hard, but clutch works harder. I've never seen it. As soon as the report, as soon as the like punch happened, I guess, right? Like we don't like whatever. Reports came out. Okay. As soon as the reports dropped, other reports came out saying Drayvon Green is very apologetic. And then kind of implied that Poole deserved it because he'd just been talking really big. <laughs> and it literally said, like, everyone kind of agrees. <laughs> so it made it seem like Draymond was, like, taking one for the team by knocking out his teammate. Right. Um, and, like, oh, and he's very apologetic. Like, let me tell you the framing of that. And since then, 
it's kind of like persisted that sort of narrative. And I'm like, who cares what Poole says? Who cares? Do not punch him. Because guess what? Your team is trying to contend for a championship. And if that nigga's out for five weeks now, what does that do for you in the standings in the Western Conference? Jamal don't doing? think that far. Jamal don't think that far. Oh, my God. He needs to because he's, he's gunning for his last contract, too. Buddy, I, like, genuinely, like, people coming out saying things like, Poole is about to get a huge payday, deservedly so. We saw what Hero just signed for. Going to be something like that for, yeah. Draymond, uh, for Jordan Poole as well. Draymond, on the other hand, also due for a new contract, but probably not going to be on the highest of ends. Once again, leverage lost because age uh, and regression, right? We saw yeah. Draymond has regressed. He is not the same Draymond that he was in 2015. He's, um doesn't have the same sort of offensive skill set that he had back then, just the ability to make a shot and trust him. We saw that in the playoffs where you know, Steve Kerr literally played offense defense with him in right. fourth quarters of the champ of the finals. So Draymond is just not the same player. He's not going to get the same payday. And this is probably his last one. And he's watching Jordan Poole kind of take over that sort of tertiary spot on the yeah. team. Um, and it, I don't, I, I don't know that it's jealousy. I, I think that Draymond, he seems to be a smart guy who's a little bit more involved than that, but then he does things that are just so utterly ridiculous. He confuses me. He's a very confusing person. Very confusing. He's on the extremes. But I can understand the insecurity there because you feel like you you're old. A, yeah, it's insecurity. You're where sorry, your you're spot. about to retire. There's somebody who was supposed to be like the worst player in the league. Now suddenly, is that was your story too? Really buddy. good, you know exactly. And so it's like you're kind of seeing yourself. Um, like in somebody else over, yeah, and taking over. I, I can understand that insecurity, but I think as a veteran, you have to be smarter than that. Like, what does that tell the rest of the team? What does that tell the rookies? Like, can they trust you? Um, to not blow up, to not act out, to not, you know, you know, we all know what happened with Kevin Durant, mm, once again, you know, and on. so, like, if I was his teammate, I would. Be looking at it, looking at him sideways, like grow the fuck up. You know, you're not always gonna get your way. You're not, especially because you're not you're not Steph. Like if Steph punched a Negro <laughs> in the face, nobody would open their mouth to say nothing. I don't think that video would have leaked because you know but what? I don't think Steph would even do. I think that there's like not the reason why Steph is. No, I get what you're saying, but I think yeah. the reason why Steph is the leader. I think the reason why Steph is as great is I think there's a level of maturity. Yeah. That Draymond lacks. Yeah. For you sure. know what I mean? Yeah. But I no. get what you're saying. Like, Steph has sway. He's like, you have KD to have sway learned. to do stuff like that, right? People bring that to MJ. Like, MJ has sway. You're not going to... If MJ s- hits you in the face, you're going to shut up. You're gonna, like, that is what it is because he's MJ, right? You have to have sway. I'm if not you want right players to get just punched. You have to have sway to do stuff like that. You can't just be punching people. Oh. You can't be Draymond punching people. It just doesn't work like that. There's a pecking order. Um, in the so, same way as if you want Chris Paul on your team, if you want your owner change, have Chris Paul on your team. If you want someone punched, have Steve Kerr on your team. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Pretty Just much. saying, there are patterns that follow some guys around. Pretty much. It All was right. funny seeing Steph's face in that video because he was just like, yo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Draymond, Draymond said he's watched it 15 times. <laughs> I just like 
I feel like, and I, I get that he's apologetic and I want to say that he's apologetic, but honestly, if I'm watching a video of myself 15 times, I'm like, that's a sick punch. Like, <laughs> that's what would be going on through my head. I'm just thinking about me specifically. And you know, he's probably, thinking about himself. I'd be like, you know what? I connected. <laughs> like, that shit was think- nice, though. Did you guys see the power? Like, software. Um, it's kind of a sucker punch, though, to be honest, because. Paul wasn't expecting it. He was just like, you no. know, we're going to tussle back and forth, pretend we're about to fight, and then go our separate ways. And then- Someone said that, like, yes, like, wrestling rules is that one punch, one shove, one shove, second shove, and then you guys start swinging. Yeah. And Draymond just missed the second shove and just started swinging right out the gate. And it's like, he has no social buddy, buddy. <laughs> yeah, like, there are social cues here. Okay. So let's, let's pivot away. We've done our addition. Should we yeah. do a dime? Let's do a dime of the week. Who is your dime of the week, Sandy? Um, is it one of the Raptors' young guys? It's 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 the end of the bench. <laughs> the end of the bench is the dime. Of dime. The week because you know what? Our starters were looking kind of shaky, shaky warrior in that in that Celtics game. I was just like, mm, this, mm-mm. and the bench just looked spectacular they looked really hungry they look like they do not want to go down to the 905 they look like they're tussling for the spot I'm really nervous for Champagne I'm nervous for Balakai because you know Delano's like Delano's Delano good in that he's game so good like he's oh developed my God. beyond what I expected like Coming out of the summer, I was just like, oh, okay, like, you know, like he's going to do a couple of, you know, games at the 905 level, just to kind of clean things up. You know, he's going to be developing slowly. No, <laughs> no, that, <laughs> if I was Malachi, I would be very nervous. I would be very, very, <laughs> very nervous because he can do what you can do. And he's six nine. <laughs> so I can do what you can do taller. Anything um, you can do, and you not you don't, and Malachi don't be hitting his three, so it's just kind of like what also like Juanjo, you got one job, buddy. One what do you job, offer, beloved. Um, so shout out to the end of the bench. Um, it was really impressive what they did. Uh, it just gave me like the tingles. So just like, oh, we actually have like Raptor a functional cards. bench. So shout out to them. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Um, that was that was a really. <laughs> Yo, honestly, ban, ban preseason overtime. Don't do it. Have the Elam ending, just ban overtime. It's not necessary. Uh, Elam ending, is it Elam? I don't know if it's Elam or Elan. <laughs> um, anywho, anywho, my, my dime of the week. Okay, you know what? My dime of the week, Victor Wembanyama. Enough said. Yeah, yeah. That boy, that's not right. That boy, nice. That's not right. It just doesn't make sense. For him to be the size that he is and be able and have the skill set that he has. They made him in a lab. Got it. Did you see him making Gobert look short? I didn't understand that. What do you mean you're Kevin Durant, but you're seven feet tall? Seven four. Like, here's the thing, because people people are like, you know, he could block shot. Like, you know, he could block shot like he's Gobert. I watch him. He's like five inches taller than Gobert. (laughs) 
he can score like he's Kevin Durant. I look at him, he's like five inches taller than Kevin Durant. I'm like, who is this person with this skill set and this size and this length? And like, it'll be like, I I don't think coming into the NBA, he's like first year, we're going to see like, you know, Kareem numbers because people are comparing him to that. I feel like, you know, he's still a big man coming into the league. Like, I've been yeah. listening to people talk about him, and it's just like, oh, right, right off the gate, he's gonna just average a, a crap ton. And I, I think he'll do that fairly quickly because yeah. he looks absolutely unstoppable. Um, but I mean, if you, uh, the, the team's tanking, like, more power to you guys because whoever comes away with Victor Wembanyama, let it be Greg Popovich, let it be the San Antonio Spurs, please put him in the Western Conference, dear God. Please, um, Lord. Whatever <laughs> team gets him, my goodness, your future. Oh, God. My goodness. But you can just, like, okay, like, year one might be a wash. Year two, <laughs> you're just like, let's build around this guy. <laughs> like, there's no... Like, I just, I just, I, just, I don't, I literally don't understand what i'm watching i I don't understand he doesn't quite make sense to your eyes because no one should be that size and be able to do the things that he's able to do on a basketball court like i'm so sorry but if you are like six feet tall to like six five in the nba good luck being six feet tall to six five in the nba in the future when people like this are being made right now yeah the new version of human that exists Sorry, it's done for you six feet to six five niggas. It's done for you guys. It's I over. feel sorry for the short, and I say that with quotations. Yeah, imagine um, being six five and people are like, six five and short. Um, <laughs> Those are the conversations we're going to be having in 10 years. Like, oh, he's a, he's a little small for, the, for you know, the position. He's, he's for six a point five. guard. You he's know, six, six. guard. He's just too small. Too small with all these big playmakers that exist or seven feet tall. Uh, <laughs> league's going to be nuts, man. You're gonna start making the new the new version of humans being made right now between Zion, like no one Zion size should be able to have the athleticism that he it doesn't has. make sense. No one Victor Wembanyama size should be able to have the skill set that he has. None of it computes, okay? It None of it computes. It doesn't um, make sense. And, and, and Zion looks really great. I'm really excited to see what the Pelicans do this season. So They're let's transfer. We might talk about the Pelicans in just a little bit. I don't know because we're gonna transfer to our three predictions for this upcoming season. Now, they can be a little hot takey. They could be a little bit more subdued. But Sandy, what is your first prediction for this upcoming NBA season? Clippers are making it to the finals. Woo, baby. They're going to be good. They're (laughs) going to be good. Healthy healthy Clippers. (laughs) Like, I know they have a curse, but I believe in Kawhi Leonard. I pray at the temple of Kawhi Leonard. I think, you know, they were pretty, they have a good coach. In uh, they have a really good bench supporting, supporting cast. cast. And they have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And um, Kawhi looks good. <laughs> like, Kawhi looks healthy. Um, and so I, and he looks strong. Did you see those looks, side picks that came looks, out? Like, what the? What? He looks Kawhi Leonard. I, it, every time I see him, I get mad. I Like, a part of me is just like, we could have went three straight. We could have. if you, But we're not going to. Okay, gonna, that's Gotti. We're going 10, 10 straight. Right, exactly. Go. I'm not going to go back. Uh, but I, I do think um, Clippers make it to the finals this year. 
That's my hot take. I like that. I like that. I like that. You know, we know that it's a wings league. Everyone except for the Cavaliers seem to think so. And they've got just a lot of really, you know, good wings on their team. Um, and, and, you know, we saw how that worked out for the Celtics last year. They made the finals. I can see it for the Clippers. I can see it for the Clippers too. Mine is also... Mine is tough because I don't know if I'm like ready to commit to say that they're going to be in the finals or if I just think that they're going to be the one seed. Fuck it. Philadelphia 76ers. Finals or one seed? Finals or one seed? Or both? I don't think it's going to be both. Philadelphia 76ers Mm -hmm. are going to make, are going to win the one seed. Okay, go. I'll let there you go. have that because I, I thought you were about to say finals. I, I was. I was debating it. I I'm know. still debating it in my head. Uh, I just, I, here's the thing. We've come into the season and all I keep hearing from everybody is Celtics, Bucks as your two best teams. And I can understand why Celtics and Bucks are in this tier. I think that they are two contenders in the East. But I think that there's a third and possibly a fourth contender. Brooklyn Nets, possibly the fourth. <laughs> um, because who knows, they shouldn't be theoretically, but like we've been saying that for three seasons at this point. So like, I don't know, you got to kind of prove it. Yeah. And for the Philadelphia 76ers, I really think that they're them. I do. I believe in this team in a way that I've never really, I believe in them in the past too. Let me be real with myself. I have, I have, but I feel like I believe in them more now than I ever had because I think a lot of the questions that they've had in years past have kind of been answered, right? For a long time, it was Joel Embiid sits and their team absolutely craters. That was that was it, right? Like it was Joel Embiid sits, their team absolutely craters. Now they have Paul Reed. They've got Big Ball Paul. Um, they've got, who do they have? Montrez. They've got another backup big, right? So they, they just have, I think, more talent than they've had in years past. Number two, they have James Harden. And here's the thing, James Harden doesn't need to be MVP James Harden. He doesn't need to be the James Harden that we saw in Houston with this heliocentric offense that's just surround, (laughs) you just surround a bunch of shooters around James. He doesn't even have to be the best player on his team. He can be the second best player on his team. He's got Joel Embiid. I personally think that James Harden, and he looks great in great shape. I personally believe in James Harden. I think that he's a really good player. His playmaking, I mean, he even showed it last season. He clearly lost a step. He lost complete first. And I don't know that he's going to have that first step in the same way that he's had in years past, but I think he'd be, he can get it by his guy. Like, I just feel like that isn't completely lost. Now, if it is, kind of changes my predictions for them, but I do think that he has that. And then you have Tyrese Maxey's emergence. Like, Tyrese Maxey, if he can keep up the shooting that he had last season, I think he can probably be your MIP this year. Um, I, I think he's just going to be absolutely spectacular if he can keep on what he did from the second half of last season moving forward. They also have a bench, which is something they never really had. They actually have depth coming in. They have the Anthony Melton coming in. But, and like for the first time in forever, it's a team that's built around Joel Embiid. He's never, ever had that. And for the first time ever, he does have that. He has a shooting around him. Tobias Harris now gets to be moved to the quadriary option. I don't know if that's a word. No longer the tertiary option with the emergence of Tyrese Maxey. Now, if they can move Tobias, who boy, I think that I'm going to call them a finals team. They can get some pieces back from him and, you know, trade him as a plus asset. 
But even with him there, we saw him in that Raptor series. And I thought that like he played his role really, really well. Um, And I just, I personally believe, you know, with the better James Harden, with another year under Paul, with De'Anthony Melton coming in, I think that they have the depth that they've never had before. I think they have the talent around Joel Embiid that they've never really had before in a way that complements him as opposed to forcing him to complement Ben Simmons. And I just, I believe in this team. I really do. And I think that people who've been down on them, it's kind of a similar thing to, to like Raptors years in the past. Like, you know, people would be really down on those DeMar and Kyle teams, not taking into uh, account all of the um, outstanding circumstances that kind of led them into those things, you know, just like Kyle can't shoot in the playoffs. No, he doesn't fall apart because it's the playoff time. It's like he's got this golf ball in his elbow that needs to be drained every day. Or like he has this like knee issue or back issue. And it's like we saw him when he was healthy. He was able to, along with Kawhi Leonard and and Pascal Siakam, you know, be a a solid, an elite contributor on a championship team. We saw that he has the ability to do that. And I just don't believe that like the same things are true of like, you know, James Harden, Joel Embiid. Like I think that they're outstanding circumstances that can point to some of their trouble in the playoffs. The one, the one person that I will, you know, admit that I'm a little bit worried about is Doc Rivers because Doc Rivers has had talented teams and it's kind of faltered there. So that's why I didn't pick them to win a championship. I don't know about that, but the one seed in the East, I believe that. Okay. I mean, that's fair. I I do agree. Um, The one thing that really worries me about the team is Doc Rivers. Mm -hmm. The fact that, Nick Nurse and a team that was literally falling apart almost came back <laughs> to like Very potentially times. beat them is come on bro come on bro why didn't we pull that off guys 3-0 down I just feel like they were off? just in their head in that, nah, that game, game six they, like, they got they got their but yeah beat. they were just like God, we have to we have to win this. And then James Harden looked good in a closeout game, buddy. James Harden, I tell you. Um, <laughs> What's your second one? Uh, predictions, predictions. Well, I've said this on the timeline, um, and I truly believe it. Uh, the Raptors are going to be a top five seed. Um, preseason's maybe kind of. I'm just kind of like y'all look kind of like you haven't been in the gym. <laughs> Like they don't look, they look kind of disconnected, but I stand by it. Raptors are going to be a top five seed because we have the continuity. Um, I think people are really fighting for contracts this year. So, you know, Gary, you know, wants some money. Fred wants a re-up, you know, Scotty has things to, to prove as rookie of the year. Pascal says he wants to be a top five player. I think I if it doesn't not work in our favor, it will work in our favor. We just have to stay healthy. Cam looks amazing. Looks Cam amazing. looks amazing. Like I've hated on Cam. I'm a, I'm a couple. You guys know what I messed up. I'm gonna come out and say it. I wanted Cam out out of this bitch. I wanted him out, and I take it back. Like he, I forgot what he looked like healthy, and I'm so happy we kept him. Thank you, Jesus. So He's I'm I'm. I think we're going to be a top five seed because I think we have, we're just try hard and um, that works out in the regular season. Now it really does in the playoffs child. I don't know. It depends on the Pascal that we see. It really depends on the Pascal. And it's matchup based for sure. Uh, There are certain teams. I really, I do not want to see the Celtics. I do like if, 
if I hear Celtics in first round, I'm just not going to watch that series. So, um, yeah, I, I, I do think the Raptors are going to be top five seed. I don't, I'm not going to make a prediction on the playoffs. I do think I'm going to be keeping a close eye on Pascal, especially because he's healthy this year. I want to see him be the player that he believes he can be. Um, and I think this season is going to be a fun season for us just because everybody kind of is vying for something. OG wants a bigger role, allegedly. Um, so I'm just, I'm just top five seed for sure. Top I five like seed. it. Yeah, you know, I'm already high on them. I had them as a three seed. Then Brooklyn came back and I was like, oh, four seed. <laughs> Just in case. I don't, I don't know what the Nets are going to do. Um, but, you know, yeah, I'm I'm all in on that one as well. I agree. I agree. I think, yeah, I think continuity is going to be a really, really big one. And, okay, my second prediction. Is it going to be the Pascal? I'm like scared to make these predictions. Like I'm like, as I'm talking, I'm like, because it's out there now. Like you can't take it back. <laughs> yeah. This is like stance. I'm like, okay. So one of mine was also going to be a Raptors one. I was going to push them up higher. It's going to push them up higher than five. Cause I'm like, oh. yeah, they're five C last year. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Five C last year. Okay. Um, and here's the thing. I think that there are, and I agree with you about like playoffs and regular season is different. And I think the Raptors are just, they're not a team that people just expect to play on a regular season night. You have to really get up to play them. They are tryhards. Their defense. Oh boy. Oh boy. Um, oh boy. So, you know what? Let me switch it because you already predicted one for the Raptors regular season finish. Instead, I'll pivot and I'll say, I think the Raptors are going to have a top three defense in the NBA this year. Oh, that's quite the <laughs> prediction. I can see it though. I can, I, you know, there that's were like, moments. I'm like going pre- super high. Like this is like like top, top three. three. Top three is really like. Let me look at who finished top three last season because I recognize that this is like a ridiculous. Like that's super duper high. <laughs> do you are, are you with me on this, or do you think I'm, I went too high? I can I can rock with you just because I see moments even in the in preseason where like, if they're clicking, I don't know how you score. Right. So I could see it happening. I just, Ooh, tough three is tough, but like top three I, is going to be very, very difficult. It's I going to be the Celtics that. for sure. So, so basically last year, I'll tell you the top three defenses were Boston, Golden State, Phoenix, and then Miami right. was number four. Cleveland was number five. Top three is going to be really high. It's going to be tough, I, Like, yeah. top five, I feel more com- comfortable with. Like, top five, I'm going to solidify. Top three is I'm going to say everything breaks right for the Raptors, but I recognize that what I'm predicting is absolute, like, it's going to take a miracle for them to get it's there. Take, it's going to be tough. Um, it it but, will be. But, but they but have I the potential to do top it. Top five, they th- I think they can do it here. I'll be a little bit more uh, conservative with my guess and say top five defense because I think that's still like a lot to ask of the team yeah but I think it's very doable here's the thing last season they started off and their defense was absolute abysmal but then from the second half from January 1st really from January 1st on which is more than half of a season not by much the Raptors played 50 games so for the last 50 games of the season which is not insignificant the Raptors had a top four defense and I expect that to get better 
that's why I kind of had them in that sort of top three range. <laughs> it's kind of difficult just because I'm factoring in injuries and things like that. But if all stays healthy, I think that that can kind of be ceiling-ish for them. They yeah. were top top four um, last season from January 1st. Oh, no, I lied. They weren't a top four. They were top six. Okay. <laughs> they okay, were top assuming six. they get better. Um, but I think that they will get better. So I think that they can break into that top five. And honestly, like with Miami, it's a couple of decimal points off. Uh, and Dallas was randomly in the top four. And I think Dallas is obviously going to take uh, a step back defensively, losing Jalen Brunson playing yeah. Christian Wood. Yeah. Uh, I think that Dallas is going to take a step back defensively. Memphis was high up there. I think Memphis is also, of course, with Jaron Jackson Jr. injury. They're going to take a step back defensively. Step They've back. also lost some guys uh, as well. Phoenix, Phoenix is in disarray. I think they kind of Phoenix is back. gonna drop off the face of the earth. I, <laughs> I think they, is that gonna be your next one? <laughs> I think they take a step back defensively. So I really do think that the Raptors are kind of going to be up there. Um, and I, I don't know that like teams like the Golden State Warriors are really going to have at least their defensive foot on the gas for the entire way there. Maybe I'm wrong about that because it will be some of the younger guys uh who can just sort of get out there and be all arms. But um I just, I think that the Raptors are going to be there. And I think that that's going to be their claim. My highest, highest, highest prediction would be top three for the entire season, which kind of feels a little crazy to me because I think Cleveland will be there. Obviously, Cleveland kind of fell off in the second half of the season because of their injuries. Um, But I also think Cleveland is going to have a lot more questions because they have to work Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland into their defense as well for as much as Jared Allen and Evan Mobley can clean up. I think there's some questions there. And of course, Evan Mobley might be out for the first couple of weeks. So the Raptors maybe get a little bit of a head start there defensively. Yeah, yeah. So that is my... That's quite the prediction. My prediction for the Toronto Raptors. That's 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 quite the prediction. I can see it. There are moments, glimpses of it during Top the one. season. Where Top it was two just and like, not two. There no, no team is scoring. Like, if they're clicking, no team is scoring against this this team. It's just ridiculous. The switching. Here, is here's fun. why I say what I say because I think that a lot of teams have are going to be taking their foot off the gas. I think Joel Embiid is going to have to take the foot off his gas off the gas, right? Because you want to save them for the finals. I think the same thing with like yeah. Draymond Green and the Warriors. Like I, yeah. I think that there are going to be lots of teams who take the foot off the gas. The Celtics not there, but Robert Williams is going to miss some time as well. Um, and I just think the Raptors, to your point, Fred wants to get paid. Uh, Pascal wants to prove he's top five. OG wants to prove his, like, I just think that, like, they're, the Raptors are not going to be one of those teams that takes the foot off the gas in the regular season. They can't. They haven't proven anything in the playoffs to be able to take the foot off the gas in the regular season, and they're tryhards. So while a lot of the really good defensive teams, I think, either due to injury in the case of Memphis, um, and even so in the beginning in the case of like Cleveland and, and Boston, even though that's super duper early and they're hoping to have their guys back pretty early in the season, I think the Raptors are going to be one of those teams out from the jump that really tries hard because all guys have things to prove and have contracts that they're looking to get. And for that reason, I'm going to have them there. It makes sense to me, but I'm, <laughs> I'm a homer. Not to, so. not to? Any, <laughs> anything that has to do with the Raptors being top, whatever. Um, yeah, because they're winning the championship. Yeah, they're winning the championship. Yeah, That's my final winning one. The champions. <laughs> All right, I'll go to give, give me your give me your final preseason prediction. Uh, I think this is a given. Phoenix is Phoenix is done. Do you think <laughs> Phoenix? Is do you think done. DeAndre Ayton is gone? Yes, by January, whatever. He, yes, he yes, he's he's gone. I don't know where. Or Kevin Durant. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. I think I think it really depends on how the Nets 
how things go mm. um, in Brooklyn. Like if they're if things are kind of moving as smoothly as they they can, given the situation. And Kyrie actually plays um, and doesn't make an excuse um, in terms of like vaccinations or whatever the fuck. Um, then, yeah, I, I do think Kevin kind of waits it out. Um, but if there is a chance to make that trade, I think the Suns might take it, especially because they don't, they obviously do not respect Aiden <laughs> at all. They don't really see his value. Um, and I think he knows that they don't really see his value. Now, I don't know if he's going to take it as, oh, I'm going to prove my value or fuck it. <laughs> it could go either way. Don't prove your um, worth to someone who can't see it, King. Like, yeah, don't come come over to a place that is going to appreciate you. Okay. Like we're going to, you know, the things you need to work on, work on. You need to be <laughs> you know, bigger. You, you need to fight a little bit in the paint. We could teach you that. It's so soft. So um, I think I think Phoenix is really going to fall off. Chemistry is going to fall off. I think they kind of got ahead of themselves a little bit, um, especially last season. They were doing entirely too much. They were focused on the conversations that were happening ha- happening around them, um, and it bit them in the ass. Um, I think it's really important. Like you haven't actually won a championship you're still a very young team right um and those things should have been taken into consideration you know um but they weren't and I think this Aiden thing is just going to because when you do that to a franchise player like I don't think there's there's coming back from that right like you guys did not respect him enough to want to pay him I don't see I don't see that relationship rebounding because like not. Monty Williams said and or it was either Aiden or I think Williams Aiden said, who said yeah. that they didn't speak oh yeah it would have been Aiden who said that like he and their coach reigning coach of the year did not speak until media day since the playoffs where which ended abruptly for them Horribly. they did not expect it to end in the way that it did and when it did to not speak to your former number one overall pick, to not speak to one of your young franchise faces. Players? I mean, there's like, like three of them. Sure, you can say you know top three on the team, but like still, uh, especially because the team just signed him to a very, very, very large offer. Right. You weren't a part of that. You guys didn't converse at all. The team wasn't like. The lack of cohesion there just doesn't it seems really off. Make sense it's it's just me. really weird. And especially because the coach is there to manage personalities. That's primarily why you're there. Like, like think about the Raptors. players know how to play, you know? So like they were together the entire summer, it feels like. Yeah. <laughs> With like, their assistant coach. It kind of feels like everyone was together and like yeah. In Phoenix, for a team that wants to win a championship, that really has championship aspirations, and honestly, the clock is ticking for them because Chris Paul is 95 years old. Um, Don't do it like to that. Not, to not, I mean, in basketball years, basketball years is kind of similar to like, you know, dog years and that like, years, it's like 10 sure. years. Is, like, you, like People talk about like a 35-year-old, like retire old man. Like it's time <laughs> to go. It's like they're and like it doesn't even have crow's feet, and we're treating him like he's a grandfather. 
they start treating a basketball players that like they haven't grown a single gray hair and we're like retire like, mm, you know what i think we i think we need more young players he's 31 like stop Bro, people were like is shay does shay fit with the with the, the young youth team? of okay <laughs> what I think it's 23. <laughs> I don't know. He might be like 24 he's now. He's like 24. Like, what are you doing, guys? Literally a baby. He's he's not even in his prime yet. Like, if he was his brain has not fully prime, finished developing. Okay, can, that shit happens. His at brain 25. has not fully finished developing. Oh, we're talking about gain, him, like he's uh, old. Like an inch or two at this point. He's not even 20. He hasn't even hit his prime yet. You guys are talking about, oh, is he too old for this? This young team, like, shut the hell up. And if you guys don't appreciate him, let him come home. Like, I'm tired of this shit. Bring I'm Shay tired. Home. Okay, see, I'm tired. Bring so. Shay home. Bring Shay home. Go, go for Victor Wembanyama. Can you yeah, imagine a team him. with Poku and Chet That's and gonna Victor? Be like, what? What is? What is that team even? That's gonna be sick. That's gonna um, be a sickening team. You guys don't need Shay as your guard for that team. Yes, you guys do. But send him here to us. Um, <laughs> Uh, so my final prediction, I'm I'm teetering between the Nets actually just being good and drama fee free because I feel like that's like a really hot day because like and all this news and all this hubbub and they're just like I don't know we go to work like my, okay so Kyrie a lot of really like I I don't want to celebrate anything that he's done recently he's done some good things here's the thing Kyrie Irving is proof that humans are complex they're multifaceted Kyrie Irving has been incredibly charitable Kyrie Irving um you know has like I I tweeted it out once like I I can you know reshare it some of the things that he's done has been incredibly commendable he's been a strong voice when people need it but he's also been a strong voice when no one needs to hear that voice in particular like, in the midst of a pandemic uh, and sharing a lot of dangerous rhetoric to be yeah. completely honest um and just even recently what did he do he did something recently he shared someone's stuff I can't even I don't know it's just it's been a mess with the Dr. Sebi stuff and just everything that Kyrie Irving is doing but but one thing that he does do is treat being an NBA player like a job that you punch into and punch out. <laughs> and like I can get when he's on your team and you live and die by your team, you kind of want players who live and die. You kind of want players who care as much as you do about the team, but it is their job. And Kyrie will be the first to tell you, nigga, this is my paycheck. When I am done, I am done. I clock in, I clock out. These are my coworkers. They are not my friends. Uh, they are not my family. This is not a family. No, 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 sorry, Bob. And so like, I can see him despite all of the chaos. I think where a mindset like that can actually work well is despite all of the chaos, yeah. because it stays him because yeah. it's his job. Like, I don't care about you niggas outside of work. So I'm going to come in, clock in, do my little fancy dribble dribbles. and clock out when time is done it's time to go home no overtime you guys can continue fighting like Kyrie is the type of nigga I feel like okay if Draymond Green punched Jordan Poole in front of Kyrie Irving I feel like he would just be the dude sitting and eating his popcorn like and not even just for entertainment like he's sitting and eating his popcorn but his back is turned to them because he has no idea that that's going on because that's not a part of his contract that is not business for him to get involved in I just feel like that's the way that Kyrie Irving treats basketball. Um, and like, 
for all of the negative, I think Kyrie, it's important to have conversations about humans, not like they're all bad or all good. Everyone is is multifaceted and Kyrie has done some things that are incredibly destructive. Kyrie has done some things that are incredibly bad. I can understand that and I understand people's frustrations with him, but he's also done a lot of incredibly charitable and good work as well. And I think it, we'd be remiss if we forgot the good that Kyrie has also done. I think we need to take a human being at their entirety and not just one end of the spectrum. Yeah. And just a funny part of Kyrie Irving, his job is his job and nothing more and nothing less. Yeah, it, it, you're right. It could work in their favor and it would be anticlimactic. It would be like, okay, y'all did so all boring. of this. <laughs> y'all did all of this to go to the finals? Come on, bro. Because Ben Simmons um, needs someone like that. Because I think yeah. the whole thing about Philly is like, we're so passionate about our team. We're so hard, gritty, hard nose, gritty, gritty. And like, those people care too much. Uh, and as rapid fans, I'm not saying anything negative about that. We care too much too. But like, they care a lot, a lot. And Brooklyn, do they even know they have a basketball? Like, I feel like, I feel like, Barclays is like kind of like a cool cafe and they just see it as like performance art that happens in front of them. They don't recognize it's a basketball game. I just feel like the fan base there, obviously like Nick's city, Nick's town. Like, I just don't think that like Brooklyn really, there are some diehard fans. There certainly are. But I just think the general vibe of Barclays is kind of like new Brooklyn. Like, as uh, opposed to like, let me go watch this game on a Tuesday. Yeah, it feels like, you know, when you go to a cafe, you're like, oh, you want to go to karaoke cafe? Or do you want to go to like uh, a spoken word cafe? Or do you want to go to like a basketball game cafe? Like that's kind of how I feel like they treat it. It's like performance art. And um, I think that for Ben Simmons, having a fan base that's not as rabid that's not going to dominate the news story in the same way i mean playing with superstars is going to do that brooklyn is always going to have attention on them but i feel like the less sports radio kind of philly boston vibe um that he'll get in brooklyn i think benefits him i think having bigger stars around him and kevin durant and kyrie having two of them as opposed to just one will help him as well and like kyrie treating the job as a job will help ben i think treat the job as just a job and i think Kevin Durant has kind of evolved to just treating the job like a job too. So I I kind of see this in a really weird way working out and they just dominate and win a lot of games. And we're all just like, Oh yeah. You know, when they're 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 kind of cool. (laughs) That would be so annoying. after everything. That would be so annoying. You're right. It will be very good for Ben Simmons to be able to be in a place that isn't Philadelphia, like mentally, It'll be a relief, I think, for him. I think he doesn't want to care about basketball, but like being in a place like Philly, you have to care. Like they don't, they don't give the players much of a choice. Like yeah, you like, have we to give love a shit. You. Yeah, but it's a little <laughs> violent. This love, like just y'all are doing a little bit entirely too much. I'm here to get my million dollars or whatever I get. That's it. And Philly fans will force you to give a shit, or they're gonna like verbally abuse you <laughs> and emotionally abuse you angry so, <laughs> you're very angry so like I think it'll be very good to be in front of a fan base that for the most part doesn't really give a shit like they care about Kevin Durant I guess you care about what Kyrie says and like how pretty his basketball is but as but they care about the Knicks I feel like more that's not just yeah that there exactly Brooklyn fans yeah there are certainly Brooklyn fans but Brooklyn is a new team right like, right and so, you know, people who grew up in New York, I'm assuming for the most part, watch the Knicks or they switched over from the Knicks to the Nets. But this is the thing. If you watch the Knicks for 30 years and switch over to the Nets, this this is like a vacation. It's peace. Um, yeah. From the trauma that the Knicks have put you through. OK, 
yeah, no, I agree. I think it's going to be good for Ben Simmons. I do worry for him a bit because he took the entire year off. Mm. Um, and so there's going to be this expectation that he's significantly better than where he left off, essentially. Um, he's with Maya Jamma, you guys. He was not. <laughs> I want to be focused. That man was busy work and working. Do you they see her? Beautiful, beautiful girl. I, I look. I would be enjoying my the only real ring life. that matters. I don't even think they're together. Get a clock out like Kyrie does and go home to my beautiful girlfriend. Okay, I don't have time for the stress. So, like, I, I do worry about him. Um, I don't think it's going to be as intense as it was in Philly, which is great for him. But I do think there might be a lot of pressure that he puts on himself. Um, just because there's an expectation that this is a big three, right? Um, so I, I, I'm just hoping that Ben Simmons finds a good balance um, and that he kind of, if the shooting isn't going to be there, which it isn't, that he really kind of leans in um, to being the best defensive player in the league um, and lets that be his calling card because essentially that is his calling card. That's the only reason people bring him up in certain conversations and instead of being like kind of bitter about it or you know whatever I think he really should just lean into it and, and dominate in the way that he knows how and uh he'll always have teams that are clamoring to have him so um he's he's in a good position right now he's young and he's young he's very young and you know we we love non-shooters that play defense. So you know if you ever feel the need to come to the Raptors, <laughs> we were gonna do like a, a biggest questions and like the biggest question, the only question I have: How will the Raptors shoot? Like <laughs> that's like because because here's the thing: like I, I do think that part of this preseason, I do think you know guys' foot off the gas. I, I have like preseason the way that I see it, it's like it's practices happen training camp happens you have your practices and this is just a continuation of a practice but it happens against other teams right so so that coaches and can figure out their rotations and you can see you can test out what this looks like against another sort of NBA defense but no one's foot is like fully fully on the gas um and for the Raptors I can see that right like and I think William Liu had a really great point um when talking about Scotty in the Boston game and talking about the sort of Raptors offense really cratering. And that was when Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam sat and Scotty had the ball and was your sort of primary playmaker and was your point guard. And that's going to be a role that he has to take in this season, right? When we talk about the Raptors lack of a point guard, well, the, the job is Scotty's, right? That's what it is. Yeah. Uh, and I do think that Scotty, one thing that Scotty does, one thing that a lot of these guys do is they pick things up really, really, really quick. And you get your warts out in preseason. And I'm hoping that this team has gotten their warts out shooting in preseason. And I asked this question on the timeline. And um, like guys with shorter arms just can shoot better. And I was just like, is this like, is, is there science to this? Is there something to this? Or is my brain just making up the fact that guys who have shorter wingspans shoot better? Or is it that like, it's, it's such a racist term. And I remember this once again, plugging a piece that I wrote basketball news, but uh, I, I talked about the Raptors and long ball. And I, I learned that ape index is what your wingspan is called. Um, and that is most definitely a racist thing because, <gasps> because black people tend to have longer wingspans uh-huh. than their height. So it's an ape index when it's higher than your height. And that's what it's called. And I was like, that's a racist term. Is there mm. another one? I like, looked it up and it was like gorilla index. And I was like, all right, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry, laughs> but I was just like, 
Like I was trying to find another way to word it because I was like, ape index found like I'm not gonna type that up. Right. But I had to because yeah. that is literally what it's called. Um and uh yeah, so it tend to be, you know, uh black guys who have that. Uh, and white white guys tend to have shorter wingspans than we know in the NBA. If you see a white guy, people automatically assume it's a shooter, it's a Duncan Robinson, it's a Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero, I think, has the shortest ape index in the league uh and you know a, a good shooter but no there's actually like stuff to it there there's reasons for it right it's the idea of like one motion as opposed to two it's the idea that if your arms are longer there's sort of more room for error and all this other stuff and i got a lot of really great responses on it and i did some more digging and it does seem like there is tidbits to this in the same way that having a longer wingspan obviously is going to make you a better defender but I really do wonder how that sort of bodes for the Raptors teaching these guys how to shoot I'm sure there's nothing to it I think even anecdotally it's it's there's something but like beyond that in terms of like actual measurables the vast majority of NBA players have uh big ape indexes <laughs> they're the vast majority of the NBA is black oh my god this sounds so I did not come up with this term Sandy don't look at me like that <laughs> I did not do this, but um, I, I think it's like, I think it's a, an interesting thing. It's something that I kind of want to dig into deeper because like, it'll just be fascinating to watch how this season progresses and um, what the sort of shooting looks like. Cause I do think that that's going to be the biggest question. Granted, we haven't seen autoplay in the preseason. Preven Vliet hasn't really played, I think a minute since the second half of, or since the first half of the Celtics game. So we should see more of it, um, you know, when you get your some of your best shooters back in. But that'll be a really big question that sort of plagues the Raptors because defensively, like I said, I think they're there. I think that they can be top five for sure, top three if everything sort of breaks right for them. I think that they can do that just because I think other teams are going to take their foot off the gas. Um, but offensively is where I think they're really going to struggle to really make their imprint known in the league this season. And I think a large part of that is they're just not going to have the spacing this season. But what do you say? I agree with you. Like or do you 100%. have another big question for the Raptors, maybe? <laughs> Shooting is my biggest because <laughs> I'm very much worried about that. I um I think this is a big I, I think I think the Pascal question is the biggest one I have of the team. I'm not really worried about Scotty. I think he's going to also the emergence of precious Achua is also something that I'm gonna the greatest basketball player of all time. Because <laughs> that kid is <laughs> I've been saying excuse me basketball player of all time. Excuse me. Um thank you, Miami. Thank you. Thank you so much. He's 23. Oh boy. And like the thing about him is it's still the growth is so like he could not. He could not make a shot. He made one shot in Miami. I think he hit one three, not made one shot. He hit one three in Miami in his rookie season. And then for the Raptors in the second half of the season, we saw from the beginning or nothing. Second half of the season, like from the corners, absolutely deadly. And then he started to, to take some on the wings. He started to take a little bit on, uh, above the break. Yeah. Um, but like not not a lot of the key, not a lot on the wings. It was predominantly in, um, in the corners, but still he was able to take those and make those. But then he couldn't. He couldn't finish. He couldn't put the ball on the floor. And then we started to see him do that against Joel Embiid, of all people, in the playoffs. 
I remember watching it. And yeah, there are times where he's like, I, I think like controlling his speed and his pace, like he will just drive in and get a charge and all sorts of other things. And like, we've seen him blow a couple of layups, but my gosh, the finishing is there. It's there. And the thing with Precious too is like, I think he's the living embodiment of being on the right team, mm. right? Like you, like you could be a very skilled player. If you're not on the right team, you're not in the right system. It, unless you're a top five player, you can kind of be anywhere. It's not going to work out for you. And I think Precious is a great example of that, right? Like he just wasn't the best fit. Um, he wasn't going to be bad number two. Um, it just wasn't going to work out. It didn't make sense. He wasn't on the right team for him. Mm-hmm. He comes onto the Raptors. He has more space to kind of explore his game and, and look at him blossoming, right? Because uh, they need to win now, and the Raptors don't need to win today. Right, we don't, like, we don't, right? We We'd have like to win time. tomorrow, but we don't We, we would today. love for Scotty to be MVP and for us to get a championship this year, but realistically, we have a couple years. We, you know, the majority of our team is under the age of 25. So, you know, we have time to see these players kind of grow into their roles, grow into who they are as players. And like, I'm, I'm just so excited for Precious. I'm, I'm really, cause if that three is legit and his athleticism, like I, 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 he, he might get most improved player it's up there. He, he, he might, he so might just have get. a few candidates for that. They're so incredibly young and like, can grow but yeah precious precious at the top oh precious emergence is what i'm excited about like and what i love about the raptors is yeah scotty doesn't need to be that right away like you still have and this has kind of been you know miss Igeria's calling guard is that like okay well when pascal and fred van vliet reach all-star all-nba level okay well now we're watching where gary and og are going to go they're the ones who are going to take that next step and then after that you have precious and then after that you have scotty and it's just like you have this line of guys taking the next step and that's how a team remains consistently good for a long stretch of time is when you always have one guy next. You always have next up, right? When you had Damar and Kyle, well, Fred and Pascal were on the bench. That was bench right. mom, right. right? And then Damar and Kyle leave and you have next man up. And that's what the Raptors are continuing to to, to have. Right. So I'm, I'm just excited for this team. I'm really excited for Delano. Repping oh from Rexdale. I'm so next like, I'm so excited for Delano. Like, good. I was really thoroughly impressed by Delano because there were times last season where he just didn't look like a basketball player. Yeah. And this, this season, I'm like, he's oh. put in so much work over the summer, man. Because like he just looks like a different player. Like he just looks like he's poised, he's getting control it. of the game. You know, right. like, like what a point guard sort of needs to have. He he's got. And like there was this one play during preseason where he like navigated it. I can't, I can't, but I saw him telling players where to, where go, to go. And yeah. I was just like, what? Yeah, Scotty doesn't really have that now. When a play breaks down, you can kind of see Scotty a little bit panic and it feels like Delano has learned that sort of voice. Um, right. And granted, one has been a point guard and one was not last year. We're going to watch right. Scotty take that leap. And we've seen it with Scotty, the growth there, the trajectory, it comes really, really quick. Um, we just have Scotty to be patient with him. He just so needs young. To- get the feel of being a point guard. I think, and I, that's and something he, doesn't, I he has the benefit it. of contributing on a really good team without needing to be the guy. And I think that that's going to be really important for Scotty, but here's the thing. You do have a bench lineup and the Raptors are going to be playing hybrid lineups. That's what they have to do. And Scotty should see a lot of time sort of running that. It didn't work necessarily in against the Celtics, but that's game two of the preseason. Um, 
we're hoping that like, you know, game in January, it starts to work so that moving forward, it continues to work. But um, that's it for me for today. Sandy, do you have anything else to add? No, I'm just really happy the NBA is back, not NBA drama, just the games and seeing players actually on drama. playing no. basketball. I don't want to see, no, I now don't want to hear about this game, game time. situation. I don't, I'm good. Unless it has to do with Kevin Durant and Kyrie folding and things falling apart. Don't I'm going with that prediction. <laughs> But besides that, no more drama. Let's, let's watch them play ball. Um, I'm excited to, you know, get dishes back and, and flowing because we've, you know. We've it's the start of a new season and the start of a new dishes season. So thank you everyone for tuning in and listening. Thank you so much, Sandy, for joining me. My name is Iman. And without, we're out. Bye, guys. Peace.